Brought to you by DKP and Co Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome to Football Bosses on FNR Football Nation Radio, your voice of football in Australia. You're with Tony Pinata and Louise Taffer, who I'm filling in for Michael Zapponi. He's uh, up in the Gold Coast, I believe, at the Commonwealth Games. Tony? Yeah, he's sunning himself there. Uh, he's doing a, couple, a bit of work for, um, I think, uh, on Channel 7. So he's got a good gig and... Uh, um, yeah, he, uh, he tends to do that every now and then, but um, you know he'll uh, he'll he'll have fun over there over there, which you know be uh, be very very interesting. And uh, we certainly have a big edition of uh, football bosses today. We have Sydney FC CEO uh, coming up, uh, Danny Townsend. And uh, what do you want to know from him, Tony? Yeah, look, Danny's um, you know, you know, I mean, you know, fantastic. Sydney FC have been amazing this year. Um, you know, he's got a lot of um, strategic issues he needs to address, especially with uh, Allianz Stadium. I think it's still going to get knocked down. Um, where they're going to play the games, and I, th- you know, it's great that uh, Danny will give us the uh, information on where they're going to play their home games um, because it's been displayed. I think it's going to be for about three years. Uh, it's going to make it very, uh, very tough for them, but. Uh, no, he, uh, you know, he'll, uh, you know, he's sort of had a, a lot of uh, things on his plate to to do that. And uh, I mean, we'll talk a little bit about the Champions League and uh, the win last night, and um, you know, the Premier's plate, back to back first A League club to do it. And uh, I think they're going to uh, uh, present it to the crowd on uh, the last game uh, in, versus uh, Melbourne Victory. It's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, amazing, amazing feat. Great squad. Um, you know, if you watched last night, the. Uh, as they call them, the Fab Four, you know, with uh, Adrian Misieski, Ninko, uh, Ninko Bobo yeah. and Broski all getting on the score sheet. And Nani keeps on saying it's the best uh, you know, strikers ever in the A-League. Uh, I don't know if they're the best, but uh, they're, they're very, very good. And uh, we'll also talk to him about uh, the new academy partnership that I believe they've uh, signed with uh, Ajax. Yeah, so that was announced yesterday, which is uh, great for the club. Um, and I know Harm Berger, who's the, uh, he's on the board there in, in technical um, director capacity, uh, probably had a, a little bit to do it. And I think mm. their um, youth under-18 team played over there uh, They did, uh, in the Future week. Cup. Yeah, so we'll, we'll have a chat with him uh, about that as well. And we also have uh, Adelaide United's chairman, Piet van der Poel, coming up as well. Yeah, so uh, Piet is new, uh, new to the club. Uh, he uh, bought out the... Uh, the old consortium uh, a few weeks ago so we'll have a chat to uh, Piet and see what's his vision for the club what he wants to do uh, why did he end up buying Adelaide um, you know for, for a you know, good price we understand and so you know there's a lot of interest out there in the, in the A-League and um, uh, you know I think on the back of this uh, you know Tony Sage uh, has had some interest as well so there's, there's plenty of foreign interest in, in buying clubs in the A-League. So we'll have a chat to Piet and see exactly why he did it and what's his plans for the club. All right, well, coming up after the break, we'll have uh, Sydney FC CEO Danny Townsend. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio.
Welcome back to Football Bosses. We've got the CEO of Sydney FC, Danny Townsend, on the line. Danny, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Louise. Danny, um, first off, uh, what a win last night. <laughs> um, you know, just sitting there watching it, um, you know, given that Sydney had to win, uh, it was an amazing, uh, amazing game. Yeah, absolutely. It was a much-needed win and, and one that will give us a lot of confidence going into the final um, match day against Shanghai Shenhua at Allianz. So it was a, it was a much-needed victory, but it was definitely... We did it tough, but the, the score probably flattered us in the end, but it was great to get the win. It's amazing um, your, your, your form uh, away. And I remember, the, you know, a couple of years ago, even in the ACL when we played, uh, you know, we, we seemed to have a really good form away. And uh, you haven't scored at home, but you've sort of put a few away um, uh, overseas. Yeah, look, I think the, the game in Shanghai was one of our best performances of the year, irrespective of home or away. Um, and I think we, we, we gave a good account of ourselves in, in Kashima as well. And, and obviously last night was exceptional so yeah it's, it's, I'm not sure what it is I think maybe it's the, some of these uh, Asian grounds have got some great atmosphere and you know it's something that I think the Sydney public probably need to embrace a little bit more and get more people out to our ACL fixtures which will hopefully spur the players on um, expecting a, a much better crowd in our final uh, match day against Shanghai Shenhua. Yeah I think um, yeah, that, that has been an issue I'm not sure if the Australian public has really embraced the, um, the Champions League uh, you know, they'll watch it on TV, but getting them out midweek with their families has is, is always been tough. But uh, as you say, it's a, it's a massive game coming up against uh, Shanghai in a, in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, it's great that the FFA also, you know, sort of the fixturing this year is a lot better. You know, you played Thursday night, you travelled to uh, Korea on Saturday. The boys sort of, you know, could train there, acclimatise a little bit better. And, and the results have shown. I think that's a, uh, that's a big improvement over the last few years for uh, for the you know, Champion League teams such as yourselves and, and Melbourne Victory. Yeah, absolutely. It's in the, the obviously the FFA and the A League's interest for the the Australian teams to perform well on the Asian stage, and, and they've definitely um, I think organised things a lot better this year and, and done us a favour with fixturing to ensure that we can give a good account of ourselves. It's, it's not easy to get up to Korea midweek, and after being in Perth last Thursday, we mm. covered some territory, but. Um, Again, yeah, the, the fixturing has, has been helpful and we obviously appreciate the support the FFA have given us in that regard. So when's the, uh, what, what date's the uh, Shanghai game in, um, at Allianz? Uh, it's, a, it's a Tuesday after the victory game. So um, what, what's that? That's, uh, what is that? The victory is the 13th, so it's, what is it? it's 17th. OK, all right. So hopefully we'll, uh, well, it'll be a big, uh, big week. Um, and uh, congratulations on the Premiers again. Uh, amazing, uh, amazing effort. First A-League team to do it back-to-back. Um, and I know, knowing Arnie, he's uh, held off this celebration until after the victory and uh, it'll be good to uh, win that game and uh, hold aloft the, uh, the Premiers plate that night. Yeah, absolutely. It's an amazing achievement for the guys. They set themselves a target of winning the three trophies this year. They've, they've put two of those away and, and one more to go. And, and as you say, Arnie's very focused on on uh, the clean sweep and the guys are equally as focused so there was a, there was a quick little celebration in the team room after the game back at the hotel in Perth and, uh, but quickly the attentions turned to, to last night's game in Suwon and, and then on to our home couple of last home fixtures against Adelaide this weekend and then the victory next Friday where we'll uh, raise the Premier's plate for the second year in a row. Danny, the team really has been in sublime form. Is there a particular player who you've really loved to watch this season? 
Oh, look, it, it's, it's tough to single one out. There have been so many fantastic performers, but, you know, it'd be hard to go past Adrian. Um, being new, Adrian Mojiewski coming into the, the league. Mm. Um, sometimes those those foreigners take a season or so to settle, but he hit the ground running early and has been an amazing performer. Equally, it's hard not to mention Bobo with his record-breaking goals, uh, set of goals, and, and, and Milos Nikovic is coming into his own as well. So you know, we, we've, those three have been fantastic, with Broski probably the best front four ever to play in the A-League together, I think. And um, Yeah. Like I said, hard to single them out, but the, the the team has been fantastic. But there's definitely been some some standouts. And Danny, how have you found your first season in the A League? Well, performance on the pitch has helped me. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other CEOs that would would exchange my seat for theirs, just in terms of how well the team have performed on the field. Um, but there's like anything, there's there's so many different facets to these roles, as Tony will attest. That you know, there's never a dull moment. You've always got something going on that's that's influential in in how the club is perceived or performed. So um, it's probably been everything I expected to be, um, and yeah, really enjoyed it so far. So lots lots more to do, but so far so good. So Danny, um, you know, we're reading different stories coming out of um, Sydney with the government and the, and the stadia, both ANZ and Allianz. Um, you know, one minute they're both getting knocked down, next minute they're all getting, getting refurbished, then ANZ's getting refurbished, not getting knocked down. Can you tell the, our listeners exactly what is happening there? Yeah, look, as of Friday, um, the, the state government did announce that they were, were sort of changing gears on, on the original announcement a little bit, and that was to um, you know, pull back some of the spend, the spend allocated to the, the state of infrastructure, and that was at the expense of ANZ, and, and sort of settling on a, a more of a refurb of that um, that stadium rather than a rebuild, but the rebuild at Allianz is continuing to go ahead. Um, so that's what we're working towards, and, and we're looking forward to that getting underway and and getting done as quickly as we can, so we can get back into a world class facility um, in, in a few seasons from now. So Allianz is getting uh, knocked down, rebuilt, um, and when when does that start? Yeah, the commencement. Is, has been mooted to be November. Um, the decommissioning uh, element starts in October, from what we understand. Um, but, you know, with all these things, that these timelines get set, and, and obviously we would love them to to stick to those, and, and they'll obviously do their best to do that. Um, Infrastructure New South Wales is, is now sort of steering that project, and, and um, yeah, they're going to be updating us on timelines as and when they, they get more concrete information. And how long will you be displaced out of um, out of Allianz Stadium? Three seasons is, is what we're working on. Um, like I said, there's still some moving parts on on the demolition and reconstruction um, time frame. But from what we're told, and we've been told all along, we'll be displaced for three seasons. So so we're putting in place a, a plan to to follow that path. And what uh, are, what facilities are you looking to play in over the next three years? We're, I think we announced the other day that we're we're committing to three venues for next season. Um, the SCG being our home in, in the Moore Park precinct where the club has resided since its inception. So mm-hmm. we can continue to, to play games there, um, which would be really interesting. And we've worked very hard with the FFA, the SCG Trust and Fox to, to really ensure that the fan experience is, is maximised. I think there's been a lot of challenges in, in playing rectangular sports on cricket ovals in the past, and we're mindful of that. Um, we've looked at a, uh, a unique configuration of running the field east-west, 
pushed up right against the north side of the, the stadium to utilise the brand new Noble Bradman facilities. Um, so our fans will get to sit in the world-class grandstand with the iconic uh, green pavilion, members' pavilions uh, at one end and, and the Bill O'Reilly at the other to house the Cove. So we, we think we're, we're going to be able to really capture a, a great atmosphere there um, and look to play uh, the majority of our home games at that ground. So have you um, sort of announced, or were you, when will you be announcing games at uh, at the SCG? Uh, today we announced to our members that we'll be playing six games there, um, or six regular season fixtures. Obviously the derbies and our other high-profile fixtures will be there. Um, the other two stadiums that we'll be heading to is, is Colgro, the Jubilee Oval there, and Leichhardt Oval. We're still yet to determine... Um, how many games will play at each of those venues but um, obviously that will coincide with conversations with the FFA around the draw which we should be coming out in May or late May so yeah, I think it um, looks exciting yeah no look I think it's a great idea playing in the SCG um, you know, we looked at you know over the time a couple of options um, but I think the way you're going to configure the um, the pitch close to the uh, the new stand um, away a little bit away from the cricket uh, cricket pitch because uh, that's very sacred at the SCG. It's still the original pitch and uh, I know the Trust are very anti, um, like most other stadiums, take it in and out um, given that um, you know they, they have that history of Bradman playing on it and uh, famous uh, cricketers over the years, they never want to touch that. But uh, I think playing um, your home games at, at SCG, it's still in the same precinct, just next door. Keeps that, um, you know, I suppose that familiarity with the uh, with the fans and family. So, um, now well done on that. Uh, great coup. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And I think, look, we've got a member's appreciation around this Sunday um, at, at Allianz, and we're going to be opening the SCG and having it configured the way it will be configured for the matches so members can come along a bit earlier and, and check out where they can sit and, and view um, the, the, the action next season. Danny, was it hard to get the SCG on board for this? Oh, look, look, they're challenged by the amount of tenants that are looking to utilise the stadium um, during the displacement period. So it hasn't been easy. They've been very helpful and, and we've worked very closely with them. We, we enjoy a good relationship with the Trust and um, they understand the importance of keeping the club in the Moore Park precinct where it's always resided. So, um, look, we're going to have to be flexible around the timings, obviously early in the season. Um, before the cricket season kicks off and, and towards the back end of this season uh, when when the uh, the AFL season kicks off we'll, we'll look to get back on so there will be there will, we will have to manage the timings of everything but yeah it, it's it's been difficult but but it's been a, a good process and uh, you mentioned the SCG is one venue which you'll use uh, during you know the three years that you're displaced can you give us an insight into the other venues that you uh, might be looking at yeah, we, we announced that we'll be playing at Cogra, uh, well, Jubilee Oval in Cogra and also at Leichhardt Oval. Um, you know, that was a, a result of a lot of research we did in a member survey and a forum that we had uh, late last year, early this year, when we knew there was a displacement um, strategy to be built. Uh, and that's very much been geared around accessibility for our core fans. You know, we have fans that, that sort of... Um, reside down the south coast all the way up to the top of the northern beaches and northwest southwest so you know putting putting games on at the extremities of that geography was was probably not something that was was going to resonate with our fan base so trying to keep relatively central so um you know slightly south of the airport and and slightly into the inner west north is is 
uh, what made the most sense for us. And you know, I think the capacity of those grounds work really well for us. We'll, we'll, we'll go close to selling those out week in, week out and create some scarcity and a really fantastic fan experience. So really looking forward to going there, actually. Yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, more recently, the uh, I think it was the under-18s, they participated in the Future Cup, which was hosted at Ajax's uh, Academy. And uh, they had some good results there. They beat the J-League Select 5-4 on penalties. Um, and it was also recently announced that uh, the club has partnered with Ajax on a three-year agreement. Yeah, look, we've obviously, through our technical director, Han Berger, have, have good relations with, with Dutch football and particularly with Ajax. And, you know, the invitation for the under-18 to who won the NPL um, in the last season was a fantastic recognition of, of the, the direction the club's going from a youth development perspective. And as you say, the guys did a great job over there. They they went down in the first game to Ajax 2-0, um, backed that up with a game they probably should have won against Paris Saint-Germain. They lost that 3-2, unfortunately, but then went on to beat... Sporting Lisbon one nil, and then as you say, the the fifth place playoff, um, beating the J League select team. So gave a really good account of themselves. Ajax um, were very impressed with the talent they saw, and and yeah, as as you mentioned, broadly speaking, we've we've entered into that arrangement where we're going to work together to to ensure that the, the kids that go through our academy get. Um, get access to the, the probably the most uh, one of the most effective youth development programs in the world so that's really like the crux of the deal is to you know exchange coaching and academy uh you know tips and 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 things like that yeah and, and resourcing i think you know ix have obviously a, a lot better resource than, than we are just by virtue of the scale of their club and that's just natural but um you know the the scouting networks they've got particularly uh in other parts of australia that we don't um, enjoy we're gonna we're gonna be able to benefit from that and ensure that the best talent in australia is is on the radar of Sydney FC and, and will help um, add to the talent that we bring through the mix and, and ultimately look to take players to their academy in exchange and, and offer just more opportunity for, for the, um, the youth of, of Sydney FC. And Danny, how do you think uh, the Sydney FC Academy is going right now? Um, you know, I think it was last year you were awarded uh, the FFA two-star. Um, yeah, how's it been going for you over the past couple of months? Yeah, look, the academy's been fantastic. Kelly Cross set that up uh, only a couple of years ago, so it's still in its relative infancy. But you know, the results that we achieved in the NPL, um, in the in the sort of 13s, 14s, 15s, 16s sort of bracket, where we won the, the club championship by a significant margin, just demonstrates um, you know, the the leaps they've taken in such a short, short space in time. And you know, we see youth development is a really critical pillar of, of this club into the future and, and we'll continue to invest in that, that space. Yeah, Danny. Um, yeah, look, the academy's um, you know great, a uh, lot of work, and I know Kelly's done an amazing job in uh, getting it up and running. Um, I think this is the uh, the third season now. Yeah. When is um, uh, the women's and the, and the girls coming in into play? I know that's something that uh, has been looked at. Um, I think it was about betting down the initial um, few years, but uh, do you have plans to introduce it for the girls and and, and women's? Yeah, absolutely. We see female side of the game is really critical to the growth of our club in the future and we, we want to ensure that we offer uh, females the same elite pathways as we do the boys um, so it's definitely on the cards we will look to launch that in the back end of this year um, we're working currently with the FFA and 
and Alan Stajic and, and others around what that academy looks like. Um, so we're, we're working on that blueprint at the moment. But yeah, the plan is to launch that at the end of the year and we're really excited about it. So it, it should really um, provide some real clear direction for some of the younger girls looking to, to, to turn their uh, focus to the professional ranks. Excellent. Um, now, the FFA came out last week and said they're expanding. Um, they want more teams in the A-League, which I think is great. Um, <clears throat> but I know it's, um, you know, I think they've got a few months to put everything together and then they'll be announced later in, uh, in the year in October. What's Sydney FC's feeling about uh, this South Sydney team? I know it's been around for a while. I know that, uh, you know, Craig Foster and, uh, and the late Les Murray was involved and Morris Yem is involved. I saw Morris actually on... Um, a Channel 10 uh, show, which, uh, you know, I, I think I even tweeted, I think, Morris, I don't think you understand the whole concept. You know, there was a lot of false uh, information about Sydney FC, um, knowing the ins and outs. Um, but, you know, I haven't been there now for, for nine months or so. What's the feeling inside Sydney FC about this South Sydney bid? Yeah, look, first and foremost, Tony, as you appreciate, you know, we, we have always said that we're we're pro-expansion, but you could probably insert the word sensible expansion into the middle of that. And, and you know, our view, and it has been clearly made to the FFA, that we don't see plugging another team into the south of Sydney, where we have a 32% of our fan base reside, is the right and the right way to go. And um, I, mean, I won't go into all the details because they will play out over time, but you know, there's, there's a lot of other um, opportunities to expand the league into geographies that are, are starved of, of professional football. Uh, there's plenty of options for people in Sydney right now to see professional football, and, and we'd like to see more of them come out to the two existing teams that are in the league already. Um, you know, we, we are working very hard in the association um, football environment to, to connect with the grassroots participation base, which is the big strength of football in this country. And, you know, a lot of those reside in the, you know, the St George, Sutherland, um, South Coast area. And like I said, our club's committed to really working hard with those associations to, to set up the joint venture relationships we have done um, to, to really connect with them and, and make them feel like Sydney FC is their club for their area. Yeah, I've got no doubt, um, Danny, that a South Sydney team will hurt Sydney FC, um, given the geography and, and the amount of, um, you know, sort of fans and members that come from that Sutherland uh, area. And I think it's a good strategic move um, by the club to play some games out of uh, out of Cogra, right in uh, in the heartland. And uh, and I know the South Sydney bid, you know, looking to play at uh, you know various different stadia around that area. So, um, but. I think the FFA understand it. It's really going to come down in in terms of uh, you know television and the import, importance of that. I think a southwest Sydney team would be uh, better for the whole state um, down in that Liverpool area, which will capture you know sort of the Wollongong, the South Coast area. So hopefully they can get their bid, and I know that they're looking at it. And uh, and actually we might even get them on uh, next week's show. But uh, I think that would. Uh, would help but uh, overall I think expansion is needed um, it really needs to sort of uh, move and move quickly because uh, at the moment as you know the, the A-League's been a bit stale Yeah absolutely I think we're all in agreement there and like I said as, as long as that expansion is done not at the expense of, of the existing clubs that have invested heavily in the league today um, then we're all for it so yeah we'll see what happens well, Danny, thanks for your time. I know you've uh, you've been busy, and uh, once again, congratulations on the Premier's plate. Good luck for the next uh, couple of rounds, and hopefully, you get a massive crowd in the Big Blue where you uh, hold aloft the, the Premier's plate. And uh, 
hopefully you can um, add uh, another trophy to your um, cabinet. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Tony. Thanks, Louise. Appreciate you having me on. No problems. And that was Danny Townsend, CEO of uh, Sydney FC. We'll be back more in a minute. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football Bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to Football Bosses. Now joining us is Adelaide United's chairman, Pete Vanderpol. Pete, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Pete, uh, congratulations um, last Friday on, on the win against um, Wellington. Um, a great crowd and great atmosphere at um, Cooper Stadium. Yes, we seem to be in the right shape at, uh, at the right moment and uh, the people came out to, uh, to be part of it, which uh, made it extra good. They, they were saying on the uh, what? What did you do different um, to get a crowd? Did, did you? I heard that uh, you lowered some prices. Um, what was uh, what was that all about? Yeah, we had some uh, some special uh, deals and activities going on because it was our last home game. Uh, well, hopefully we will have a home final coming up, but uh, we still need to uh, pick up some points in the next weeks in Sydney. But uh, we had a special offer where we lowered prices and also match day prices as well. Uh, just like the advanced sales, we had a special discount on merchandise. Uh, we had some uh, kits of uh, uh, partner clubs, uh, partner amateur clubs in Adelaide that we gave some free tickets. And uh, last but not least, we gave the opportunity to uh, get out on the holy pitch of, uh, of Heinmarsh and have a kick about after the game for all the supporters. So uh, the combination turned out to be uh, to be appreciated by the supporters. Yeah, I think um, I think the fans love getting um, you know being able to have a bit of a kick around on on the pitch after the uh, the main game. Um, I know we used to do that in Sydney every you know once or twice a year, and uh, it's amazing uh, just the feeling of the you know for, for especially the kids to run out where their uh, heroes play. Um, so you bought Adelaide uh, United probably about a month ago, six weeks ago. Um, why, Pete? What was the, uh, the reasoning behind coming in and, uh, and buying uh, Adelaide United? Well, we were looking for a club in Australia, and uh, I have been following Australian football quite closely for the past decade or so. Uh, so I, I know a little bit more than, than just from a, from a large distance from the other side of the world. Um, I noticed that uh, Adelaide has a true football community, I think more so than Melbourne and Sydney, uh, for instance. Uh, Adelaide is a sister city to Qingdao, where we also have a football club, and South Australia is a sister province to the Shandong province in China. So the combination of, a, of an existing network and I think a, a real football culture uh, which is, is not so common in Australia, uh, I think made this the perfect location for us to uh, to uh, to continue our uh, our project. Pete, for all of our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about your background in football administration? Uh, yes, no problem at all. Uh, I have been working in football for the last 15 years or so. Uh, I have been CEO of two clubs in the Netherlands. Uh, after that, I became an agent, and after that, I 
went back into football administration again for the last uh, two, three years. So basically my main job has been football for yeah, at least 15 years on a day-to-day -day basis in all shapes and forms of the business. And uh, how will you, you know, use your overseas networks to help Adelaide United and the club? Well, I think first of all, uh, partnerships, true partnerships with other clubs uh, is something that both clubs can benefit from. Exchanging resources, exchanging network, uh, scouting and recruitment goes easier if you combine clubs, but also just day-to-day -day things, uh, promotion, social media. I think uh, by all means, if you if you upscaling uh, a football club, connecting it with another club has many advantages. And of course, yeah, the network uh, increases drastically by having two clubs. And to that extent, we're even looking if we can find a suitable club in Europe for next year to possibly connect it to the existing two clubs. Fantastic. And you obviously have, you know, a clear vision as to how you want to go about things uh, with the club. Uh, we absolutely have a clear vision, yeah, but uh, we also said we want to use the first couple of months to see if what we find here uh, is actually in uh, the same as our vision, because we can have, uh, we can think we know everything perfectly well from a distance and then find out that things are differently. So what I'm aiming to do here in the first months is I'm, I'm almost full-time here in Adelaide. I have a look around at all aspects of the game. I go visit amateur clubs, I go visit our youth teams, uh, and I want to find out exactly what is happening everywhere. And uh, how have you found um, over the last uh, last month or so in your um, you know, sort of uh, looking at uh, various aspects of the, the football at, at the club and uh, around the uh, football community in Adelaide? Well, so far what I found is what I expected before, that there is a, a true football culture here and uh, it seems like supporters also uh, embrace the club easily uh, with our, our special activities last home game. Uh, we had a big turnout. I understand the highest since... Uh, 16 or 18 months and that was against Melbourne Victory the previous game so people uh, would like to be connected to the club and would like to be part of the club and that is the key thing that we have to establish uh, through connection to the community which is uh, the starting point for any football club Yeah there's no doubt um, football community is, uh, is a vital aspect in uh, in all clubs and uh, connecting uh, with the participation and, and, the, and the young kids who are playing and getting them to the, uh, to the ground is, is very, very important. And um, I think the key in, in, um, you know, in, in growing the, the members and, and the crowds, etc. Um, so you've got a, a massive game coming up this week uh, against the Premiers in, uh, in Sydney. Um, and, uh, you know, you'll be able to, uh, you, know, hope, you know, if you get some, you know, three points for that, that'll set you up for, uh, for the top four. And I assume the top four is, uh, is your aim, home final? Yeah, home final, that would be perfect, of course. But, uh, yeah, uh, tough game uh, away at Sydney, indeed. And the week after, we are back in Sydney against Western Sydney. So, uh, yeah, the, the players have got a, a tough job. But on a good day, we can... Uh, we can make it every other club quite difficult, I'd say. Yeah, no. Given our, our recent shape. No, definitely, no, definitely you've come in uh, into good form. Uh, Pete, um, you know, you've, you've sort of studied the A-League for a while. Um, now you're in, entrenched in the A-League. Um, what are some of the, the positive aspects you've found of the, of the A-League? And, uh, and what are some of the things that you sort of think that the A-League can do better? 
in general, not even the A-League, but uh, the Australian mentality of uh, of athletes, I think, is is, is very good. Uh, even our team has, has shown a great fighting spirit, and all credits to the coach for, for letting our, uh, our team go really for it for, for the full 90 minutes and, and never giving up. That is a part of Australian sporting culture, I'd say. The other part of Australian sporting culture is the, the supporters, uh, which come out uh, in families, enjoy themselves. Uh, the facilities here are, are very good. I'm also very happy with our training facilities, for instance. So everything is present that in Europe many clubs would actually uh, be wishing that they had all these, all these things. The only thing I think can be done better is the, the development from young players. So the grassroots development of talents, I think if we can improve that, uh, that would make a huge difference. Now we sometimes have players coming in from amateur clubs who are used to training two, three times a week, and then they go to an A-League club. Uh, well, if you've been going to school for two days or three days a week, it's difficult to get into university when you're 18. I think the same problem occurs in, in, in football here in Australia. So that is something I think the FFA, the local uh, federations and the clubs have a big role in, in further developing. Uh, talking about um, development, um, I know that uh, the academy and there was you know, sort of uh, discussions with uh, Football South Australia. Um, is this something that uh, you'll be looking to do in introducing an academy like um, some of the other A-League clubs from you know, sort of under 13s all the way through to seniors? Yes, of course. Of course, that would be for me. That is the the, the lifeline of every club. Uh, first of all, it connects you more to the to the grassroots level of football. Secondly, a, a talent development plan that in which a player uh, develops from the age of uh, six or eight onwards until 21. I think that would be ideal, and I think that's also what the FFA would like us to establish. So that's something we are uh, willing to achieve here. And um, and will you be spending your time, uh, you know, between China and, and Adelaide, or spending most of your time in China? Is that where your your main, I suppose, um, uh, opportunity you see? Yeah, it will be it will be in between uh, in between China and Adelaide, and for the time being, Adelaide gets a lot of our attention, of course. So I'll be mainly here for the next months. Okay. No, it's, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot to do and a lot to, um, I suppose, once you're entrenched in the, in a club, you uh, you find out um, sort of uh, different things or anything like that. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a bit of uh, frequent flyer points for you, uh, Pete, over the next uh, <laughs> couple of years. Plenty of work to be done, yeah. Plenty of work to be done, but we're very happy to be involved in that. And and Pete, just going back to you know your vision, what what are the first things that you really want to execute while you're here in Adelaide? Well, the key thing first for us is to get to know all the aspects and all the details of the club. So I'm spending a lot of time now in the office and the day-to-day operations. Uh, we have several uh, urgent issues. Uh, our stadium deal is expiring at the end of the season. Uh, we have to look at our budget for next season, we have to look at our players for next season, and we have to look at developing the game. So I don't really have something that I'm focusing on. I'm just trying to, to be involved in as many things as possible right now. And uh, you mentioned the stadium deal expires. Is that something that you'll renew for next season? Well, that is uh, that is likely, of course, but we haven't uh, sat down yet with the stadium owners to discuss it, but we will do it in the next uh, couple of weeks, probably. 
And do you feel like because you've had, you know, uh, experience at other clubs, it's easy for you to transition into a new club like this? Uh, yes, it's of course every club has its has its own specific uh, situation. But uh, yes, when you are experienced, you know at least what you're looking for, and uh, it's not uh, it's not new to me, and it's not rocket science either. Mm. It's uh, a football club is a football club. <laughs> Pete, you've been involved in football for a long time. Um, you know, in Australia, you know, there's also always this thing about marquee players and, and you know, sort of stars coming in and, um, you know, drawing the crowds, in, uh, you know, to the ground. You know, we saw, you know, a few years ago, Sydney FC had Alessandro Del Piero, Shinji Ono, Heskey at Newcastle. Um, what's what's your thoughts on, on, on these marquee players coming to play in the A-League? Well, you need to find a balance between uh, players that attract people and players that improve the game. Uh, we have now having uh, the problem that we have a lot of competition from uh, from China and other Asian countries and the United States, uh, which are very attractive and a much bigger market. So even if the salaries um, would be the same, I would say normally are not even, but even if that would be the case, sponsorship opportunities for a player like Zlatan are, of course, uh, 10 times bigger in the United States than they would be in Australia. So uh, we need to find the right players that can improve our, uh, the level of our play and attract people to the crowd. And that is quite a challenge. I don't have a big list of players who would be able to do that and willing to come to Australia, but that's uh, something for us to, uh, to see what's, uh, what's possible there. Yeah, look, I agree. It's a, it's a difficult market and uh, very, very costly given, you know, what the MLS are playing and what, what China's paying. And uh, and you've got a balancing, you know, in terms of paying these players and then also generating some revenue on, on the back of it. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it, it can in, uh, impact the club. The FFA came out last week and spoke about expansion and they've uh, set the criteria um, they're hoping to have, you know introduce two new clubs uh, in 1920 uh, 2019 2020 season uh, what's your thoughts on on expansion do you see another team in Adelaide um, in in the short term or do you see sort of uh, Adelaide United being the uh, the only team for for a little while yeah, well, that that is these things are are down to the to the market. Obviously, uh, the A League with ten clubs is is relatively small. Uh, it would be nicer to have to have more clubs involved, but the exact uh, thoughts and process behind the expansion, uh, I'm not fully aware of everything yet. So I'm I'm happy to catch up with some people to to get some more information like this. But uh, initially, I would say, of course, uh, the more the better in this case. Have you uh, have you had any meetings with the other owners um, with the FFA at this stage, uh, Pete? You've had your first no, meeting. I, I haven't had a chance yet. It's been uh, we've had three home games in the past three weeks, so things have been very busy here. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, uh, it'll be a little bit easier for me to uh, to spend time on uh, on meeting many more people that I would uh, like to get to know. Yeah, no, I think uh, um, you know, and I know that Greg Griffin, who chairs the. Uh, the clubs came out last week and said that uh, the FFA have no authority to uh, expand the league. Um, so um, I know they're having discussions with the FFA on this. I know the FFA is still waiting for FIFA to come back. Uh, 
with their verdict uh, over the meetings they had. So a lot's happening off the pitch. Uh, and then on the pitch, we've got a couple of rounds uh, with some massive games coming up. So uh, I want to thank you for your, for your time, uh, Pete, and uh, wish you all the best uh, this week in Sydney and, and your remaining game and, um, and your push for the top four. And uh, welcome to the A-League, and I hope you enjoy the ride. Uh, thank you very much, and so far I'm uh, I'm enjoying it very much. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, thanks. Uh, that was uh, Pete Van der Poel, the uh, new chairman of Adelaide United. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Brought to you by DKP and Co. Chartered Accountants and Aspire Planning Group. Football bosses with Michael Zapponi and Tony Pinata on FNR Football Nation Radio. Welcome back to the Football Bosses. Um, another big show, Louise. Um, and you've done a great job filling in for, for Zappa. Oh, I hope so. A lot better looking than Zappa anyhow. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, some interesting uh, points. Um, you know, Danny mentioned, uh, you know, what, how many games are going to be playing at the uh, SCG. Um, That's really interesting. Yeah, look, at, uh, look knowing the, uh, the trust, uh, they really worked hard to uh, not to lose any games uh, away from that precinct. And... Uh, you know, to to allow um, you know sort of those six games on the sacred turf of uh, the SCG is, is amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a lot a lot of work to uh, to be done there. And it'll be interesting to see how they transition over the next three years. Yeah, look, being displaced for three years uh, will hurt. But mm. I think playing some games at the SCG will keep that continuity. Um, you know, if they can do it in a way, as he says, you know, push the, the ground closer to the uh, noble stand. Um, get the cove comfortable. Um, it'll create a bit of an atmosphere. Um, it's never ideal playing on a uh, oval uh, when you're sort of playing on a rectangular pitch, but uh, there's nothing that can be done. So it's going to be three years of heartache, a little bit, but the end game is going to be a massive mm. uh, gain for the for the club. Uh, you know, it's going to be a beautiful stadium uh, with all the facilities for the crowds. Um, they can really build it. You know, like a proper football um, stadium, which uh, uh, will be uh, you know, beneficial to the to the league and, and to Sydney FC. And it's certainly what Sydney needs. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, you know here in Melbourne they just do a stadium and and off off they go. But uh, it's it's been a, a long time coming, uh, and uh, you know there was talk about refurbishing Allianz, but it's not in that capacity to be able to be refurbished and um, I think uh, you know the government's going to you know pay for a, for a new stadium so why not take it and I think this will also ducktail into uh, the FFA's FIFA Women's World Cup bid for 2023 because the you know FIFA will obviously release their criteria uh, for the host country and you know new stadia and stadia that is up to scratch will be obviously one of the components yeah, definitely. Or you know, they'll, they'll have a couple of that they can choose, and um, you know, fingers crossed we can get that uh, Women's World Cup. I think it would be fantastic for uh, for the country. And uh, you know, we had the, the new chairman Pete Van der Poel on as well, and he spoke about his vision and why he came into the A League. And it just goes to show you, Louise, that um, you know there there is interest in the A League from mm. uh, from foreign uh, investors, and it's not all doom and gloom. Um, you know, people come in, uh, you know, wanting to to, to to be involved and um, you know with expansion now etc it's going to I think increase the licenses uh, we really need to get to a point where the clubs can be happy mm. there's still some turmoil mm. you know you've heard Greg Griffin come out and say that uh, the FFA have no 
authority to uh, do this expansion, which I don't think is right. Um, but uh, you know, it's a, it, it's great to, to see these sort of people come in the uh, in the A League. Yeah, definitely. And he said that uh, this is Pete. He said that he'd been watching the A-League for like over a year so again it's reinforcing that you know people overseas are interested in our league and we just have to you know maybe shine up the new penny. Yeah and he's got a a great pedigree of uh, being involved in the game so he understands football understands both sides of football Mm. he's uh, heavily involved in uh, in a club in China where he's basically sort of running that so he'll be spending a lot of time in China in Adelaide Um, and they're looking to buy another club in Europe Mm. so Maybe it's another city group uh, sort of expanding. So they're really heavily investing in uh, in, in in the in the game. Um, and his reasons for for choosing Adelaide were um, you know probably spot on. It is a football city, and uh, you know we saw Friday night when they get twelve thirteen thousand at uh, Hindmarsh. It really rocks. And uh, as he mentioned, he just tweaked the price, and all of a sudden he got more fans in there. Yeah, and um, you know that's something that clubs need to look at. I know they need to make you know, budgets, balance, etc. Mm. But um, you know, it, it was a great, great idea and a great initiative, and uh, and it worked. And um, well, so we've done another big show, and uh, next week we'll, uh, we'll we'll try and get a you know some some people to talk about the expansion and um, some new expansion uh, franchises that are coming in, and you know, hopefully we can get uh, Greg O'Rourke from the FFA to talk a little bit about the criteria and what uh, what it involves. Well, uh, Tony, thank you for having me on Football Bosses. No, thank you for uh, for covering and um, thanks for all your listeners and um, have a good week and we'll uh, see you um, same time next week.